What's up? This is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Dittleman. Welcome to Mind Over Magic. We've got episode 67, Dittleman living life for the pod, living life for the cast over on the other end of the world over there. What's going on? Yo, yeah, I've got, I did a lot this week <laughs> and uh, I'm excited to, um, for some, for some, an upcoming trip that we got planned. Uh, that yeah, we'll very into. excited to see you in Vegas, I guess in about a week, right? Yeah, yeah, I decided uh, it's time. We've been talking about it. I got to come to Vegas, see your show, see the new things. So it's happening. So uh, starting next week, I will be spending a week in Vegas. So that means... This time next week, we will be recording live together for our next episode. Yeah, an in-person episode. Well, this this will be our first in-person episode and I know. first in-person gathering since uh since, pandemic, right? Yeah. I don't think I've seen you. No, no, we haven't. You've come to New wow. York a couple times, but just scheduling-wise, we weren't able to connect and you were usually in right. and out. But this will be the first time we actually get to hang in person, which feels like the world is coming back to normal then. I think that's the official mark of uh, of of the pandemic. Well, the pandemic's still going on, but lockdown over. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, it's going to it's going to be a great time. I got a couple of things on the books that I'm excited to uh, to to do it, to take you to, if you will. Right. So. And we'll have to live life for the cast in Vegas and then talk about our adventures you know, just it's a perpetual like motion machine is what we got here. Yeah, you can also come see my show and then give notes live on the cast. Oh. You can just be like, and this is what I hated. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, very. I want all the critical stuff. You know, are you brave enough for that? <laughs> no, I'm just. <laughs> I'm, I'll have no notes. Um, but yeah, man, it's. I'm just exhausted. I'm tired. I've been uh, busy, man. I've been nonstop. And it usually, if that's the case, you'd want to take a week off and just relax in your own place. But I'm like, yeah, go to Vegas where things are happening. So it's funny that it worked out. It's sort of, it's sort of like you've had your eye on that week to be the vacation week for a while now. Yeah, yeah, and it was about just pulling the trigger. So trigger pulled. Mm-hmm. We got it. <laughs> hey, we can't wait to see it. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be fun. So uh, yeah, man. Uh, so let let me just get dive into my busy week uh, because. Uh, I started with the uh, the Rose Room, that show we've been doing, and it's going mm-hmm. through some changes. Uh, it was a fun performance. The crowds are starting to fill up more and more as word gets out. But now it's going to be moving um, to, like, even later night and going to be, like, a Thursday, Friday, Saturday thing. So, like, uh, the producer there is going to be, like, almost the head of nightlife at this tri- triad theater now. <laughs> so Is it only one night now? Uh no it was it was three nights but in the midweek like Tuesday okay. Wednesday Thursday but now we're moving it to the weekend, interesting and, and uh and then there's just gonna be programming throughout so that's exciting to see what happens next with that uh but like I'm talking late night shows like starting at midnight right <laughs> like and then like the magic set going on at like one a.m. so you can handle that no of course it just depends on what I have the next day that's the thing if I'm traveling or like uh you know, flying out for 6, 6 a.m. flights, you know, that, that I might not be on the schedule that night before. And we'll see how much the audience can handle that. Yeah, the show has changed over so many iterations. I've opened every venue as their guest act, and uh, but just seeing it evolve. So I'm, I'm hoping it just keeps 
drawing butts in the seats and everyone's still having fun. The cast is amazing. It's always fun getting the cast together and just the different weird circus Well, acts. yeah, that's because we've done it 67 episodes. That's why it's so amazing. Ah, that cast. I see what you did. <laughs> uh, I think we're the only ones who abbreviate it cast. Most people call it the pod, but that's confusing. No, no, I don't think we can claim it. I, I've seen it around. Okay. Well, I yeah. just never called it the pod because it's then I confuse it with my group of friends I was quarantined with. <laughs> I've seen that around too, so maybe we need like a new abreve that's just never been done for podcast. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, then um, I had a friend's birthday. Let's see. I'm just going through my week, and we went to some beer garden. Uh, for the vegan, you would not have loved the um, – we had a sausage sampler. They called it the Sausage Fest, which I thought was very funny. Uh, there you go. And then we had. We're like, all about the puns today. Yeah, and then they had pumpkin beer in a pumpkin keg, so that was cool. Was it an actual pumpkin? Yeah, it was like a nice. tap stick stuck into it, and then you just like pour the pumpkin beer out of it. You you carve pumpkins ever? I'm not good at that. Okay. <laughs> I usually get put up to it every season. Tiana wants to carve pumpkins usually. Yeah, in, around this time of year. I I don't know. I just like the the guts scooping the guts out is like real gross. Like, I don't like that part. Like I'll carve the face into a pumpkin once yeah. it's already pre. No, you'll out. carve the pumpkin into a face, I believe. I'll, well, you carve a face into the pumpkin. Oh, <laughs> I misinterpreted. It's both. Well, we're all about the double meetings today. I'm telling you. <laughs> it's because it's early. We're recording early in the morning. <laughs> Our brains aren't big thinking. mistake. <laughs> big mistake, guys. Um. But the the interesting thing, this is the part I wanted to uh, to dive into because it's like that performance element and just finding new types of shows and seeing what we can take from that into our own magic careers is um this Alice in Wonderland themed cocktail night we did after. So okay. we went to this place in the Upper West Side. You go down this basement. There weren't really clear directions, but there was like little like chess pieces and hearts and stuff. You're like, oh, maybe it's down this way. Like a little arrow pointing down. Very mysterious. So if you're just normally in the bar, you're like, think nothing of it. But if you're here for the event, you're like, oh, to go down there. And then you're greeted by two performer, three performers. One dressed as the Mad Hatter. One dressed as the March Hare. And then the White Rabbit. I was just it took me a while because I was trying to remember the characters. <laughs> are these are these characters from Alice in Wonderland? Yes. Okay, I'm not familiar with that program. The, the program? Bo- book? <laughs> movie? <laughs> either. Uh, either. Uh, but you know there's a famous like tea party scene, right? Do you know about this? I don't really remember much about Alice in Wonderland. Okay. But you know me. I mean, I'm. Yeah. this is par for the course for me sure. when it comes yeah. to you know, movies. <laughs> Yeah, so um, the the Mad Hatter throws a very mad tea party, and so we go down to this room, and the room is decked out with like ivy all over the walls. There's a giant Cheshire cat face. There's tables with teapots, and like Alice's legs are kind of like sticking from the ceiling, and like there's playing cards everywhere. Uh, but um, the the basically you get a little kind of like interactive show where they're like leading you through a tea party and then we got like instructions and we had to go around and like solve riddles and puzzles so right up my alley uh, go. to get three ingredients and then we like mixed together this cocktail they put a little dry ice into the teapot too so it was all like steamy and foamy and you get like two cocktails throughout the night, night that are specialty ones um, 
and the second one was like kind of had a foam on it and because of yeah. the um the oh, maybe you don't know this because it's alice in wonderland like you have to like paint like the the roses red like they they have to like the queen of hearts is always trying to like paint stuff so we got to paint our own pictures on top of the phone using chocolate in a in a paintbrush which was fun they kind of had a little contest of who did the best um painting on top of the cocktail and then they like kind of switched characters throughout but they it was like a fun crazy experience and it was like you know they give you a little cookie that said eat me on it which is similar to the alice in wonderland that makes her like grow big and shrink those kind of things i didn't even know she grew or shrank <laughs> We're going to have to have you read Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's too late. Like, I kind of missed the boat on it. You No. But it sounds like a cool interactive experience nonetheless, but I feel like you got to kind of know the, the program in order to appreciate it fully. Uh, yes and no. I mean, they definitely did, like, their own take on it, so it was still fun and entertaining and a little bit more raunchier than you would expect from, a, you know, a children's book. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, but it was, it was funny because it, they – yeah, we felt right at home with the riddles and puzzles that definitely felt like an escape room element to it as well. Uh, but yeah, I think it's just interesting to see these kind of um, there's a whole genre and there's a group called like no proscenium, which is like these more interactive experiences of theater rather than it's a great name. Yeah. Rather than being on stage under the proscenium. And for those of you listening who don't know, that's like the big archway kind of open that goes over the stage. Uh, but this is kind of like breaking through that and uh you know a lot of these types of shows like sleep no more in new york and like i think there was even like an alice in wonderland themed like sleep no more that i didn't get to do um maybe it's still running maybe i'll try and get it but uh i i just find it interesting to see how people are breaking out of the stage and doing these kind of interactive things where you get to kind of directly interact with the performers and i feel like that relates to what we do because we're always breaking that fourth wall it's not a passive experience when you come to see one of our shows, because you, the performer, the magician, the mentalist, whatever, is going out and bringing audience up on stage. We're going out into the crowd as well. So I think there's a lot of parallels there between the two. Yeah, I break it immediately. Um, the The fourth wall is basically, uh, it's directly, it, it doesn't really exist, but mm. it's sort of right directly under where the proscenium is. That's what the fourth wall is. Yeah. And in our type of entertainment, we, we sort of break it right away. I walk out on stage and immediately start talking to the audience. Whereas if you're at a play, they mm-hmm. pretend the audience isn't there. Right, that's, right, That's right. kind of what that is. Yeah, it's almost a glass wall you're kind of voyeuristically viewing a play through is the fourth mm-hmm. wall. Uh, and exactly. The, and then as soon as you, like, I mean, it does exist in plays as well. Like Shakespeare was very famous for the, the asides or the chorus or whatever that would kind of address the audience right away that's as true. well. That's true. Uh, but usually it doesn't have that interactive part where the thing that's fascinating to me and I like playing around with these concepts and obviously it happens all the time and what we do is um, anytime you can make a decision as an audience member that affects the show, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's almost like a choose your own adventure, which is another series of books that Matt, you might like. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's just having that element where you're not a passive participant and how do you feel about the people like when you're choosing volunteers during your magic show, Matt? Um, you know, obviously there's the people gung ho trying to volunteer to, that want to be part. But are you encouraging those that are want to be more passive 
or are you just letting that happen if they don't want to participate? Are you trying to encourage those who are normally passive to get a little bit more active into your show? What do you wow, think? Wow, we're going in the weeds on that. Yeah, I'm um, curious. Uh, I, 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 I just encourage those who, I just say, if you want to help me out, raise your hand or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. And then I know immediately who is who does and who doesn't. But if someone is like not raising their hand, I don't um, do anything other than eye contact if I think they should participate. Like if there's someone who wants to participate, they'll raise their hand. That, that's kind of where I go with that. I mean, the whole, I feel like I could write a book on choosing volunteers. It's so important mm-hmm. and essential to my show to, to choose the right people that have the right energy um, for certain bits in the show. And um, I have a lot of little tricks on how I go about doing that. And sometimes people have no idea that there's such a process to it. And then other times, especially people who maybe they work at the show or, or see it multiple times and like, how do you always know who to pick? Yeah. And right. so it's kind of an art form to it, but no, I don't do any, special things to try to get those who aren't raising their hand to do that. However, there are other types of participation. Maybe it's clapping along to a song, right? right? As I'm going into the audience, I will encourage people to all participate in that. Of course. And that could be as simple as looking at somebody and saying, come on, everybody, you know, and things like that. But in terms of like things that require them to really put themselves out more, like if they're going to have to come on stage or something like that, I want to make sure it's someone that is sort of mentally prepared to be doing that. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. That's, that's for, for sure. Because you, you want everyone to feel like they're getting this moment of magic or at least like participating in the show in some way. That's, I think that's the goal of, of our type of entertainment, right? Is to get Mm -hmm. that process to, so, so that it isn't voyeuristic because otherwise you could just watch, you know, a pre-recorded video on Netflix or whatever. Uh, but the fact that you're there live and seeing somewhere where some people interact, like let's get as many people involved as possible is my kind of goal. I think we talked about call and response a couple mm-hmm. of episodes ago, just asking the audience a question where everyone answers. Yeah. Or um, I mentioned the clapping and then also, oh yeah, like clapping along to a song, but then there's also by a round of applause, how many of you would like to blah, blah, blah. Right. Right, and right, you get right, right. you you know get people to sort of answer questions that way, um, so th- I think there are lots of ways of interaction without necessarily having to raise their hand to participate. Um, the other thing too is like speaking of the fourth wall is I physically break it immediately. I walk on stage, mm-hmm. give a very very short, I don't even know if you could call it a monologue. I guess it is, and then immediately you know go into the audience. Um, yeah, yeah. You so- do you do see examples in plays where they break the fourth wall, but they're more unique circumstances. Like in the Rocky show on Broadway, uh, Rocky, like Rocky Balboa. Yeah. They actually um, used part of the audience as like the crowd Mm -hmm. for the fight scene in the ring. Yeah. yeah, So like in a way that's kind of breaking the fourth wall, isn't it? Right. You're using what's already there to like add to the set dressing, which is fun. Well, the ring, they, they, yeah. I don't know if I told you this before. They took the first several rows of the audience and escorted them all on stage. The ring comes out over the right. seats. Right, right, right. I didn't And then know people about that. sit in bleachers on stage. So the ring was actually in the round. So, yeah. I mean, I don't even know. That's, that's more than breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> that's just creating a whole new space. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the cool part I like about these like kind of weird New York experiences I tr- seek out. 
are finding those new and interesting ideas of how to incorporate people in fun new ways. And I think oftentimes when we see a lot of magicians, it's kind of like the same kind of style of show a lot of the times. And anything that's like new and creative, I mean, we can be pulling ideas from these outside sources. So it's not like the stereotypical magic show that everyone's kind of using to find these, um, you know, kind of processes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's sort of uh outside inspiration coming in. Right, right. Right. And uh and the other thing that I wanted to touch upon too is getting just everyone involved is my uh late great mentor Bob Cassidy had theory on the major effect versus the minor effect. And minor effect was basically whenever you'd bring one person up, you kind of do one thing for them. That's great. But again, you're leaving all these people out, kind of just voyeuristically watching that happen. And they're basing their reaction off of that person's reaction, kind of, when you're reading their mm -hmm. mind. Major effect is getting everyone involved. So he would do things, um, like even the, the famous Q&A routine in mentalism, where everyone writes down a thought, and you're picking up thoughts from anywhere. Because anyone could be involved at any moment, the whole audience is engaged at that moment. Or you right. can do things like uh, have everyone think of a color, you know, so you're doing these larger things where everyone's participating. So even if they're not the lucky ones chosen up on stage, sitting in their seat in the audience, they still feel like their mind was read or they were involved in the show somehow and had right. some effect for them. And I think it's interesting because I think the hierarchy as we build acts as magicians, mentalists, whatever, is we kind of think of those strong individual moments of like how am i going to bring someone up on stage and get the best experience for them rather than and and we kind of think of these like larger things as like those aren't as impressive but they can have such a powerful effect because they use so many people and everyone feels involved right right yeah so you just I, reminded me of something yeah, yeah. Uh, you well, know i go ahead <laughs> No, I, I was just thinking, I have uh, two different ways of closing one of the bits in my show right now. Oh, yeah? And maybe we could find a way for you to see both. Oh, I see. You know? Okay. One yeah. of them, see, the one I'm not doing right now, I think you might, I don't know, you might hate it, you might love it. I'm not sure, but it's a little bit more mentalism-y. It doesn't feel like mentalism. It definitely feels like magic, but mm -hmm. you're going to be like, oh, yeah, that that's... That's like a strong, you know, <laughs> and then the other one is much more like looks like skill. The other one is more magic-y visual, ah. like just eye candy, looks cool, still amazing, but not that same gut punch of like, how the could someone know what everyone in the audience was going to think of, you know, right, that sort of right, thing. Right, right, right. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. Nice. It's sort of a thing where like, I'm just shouting to random people in the crowd and they're, they're yelling things out and those are all incorporated into one thing. And you're not expecting it to culminate into anything. So anyway, I've already given a spoiler. Oh, okay. No, uh, well, I'll see. <laughs> no, it. but I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'll just do that one when the night that you come, or maybe I'll just keep doing the one I'm doing, and you'll see the other one another time. I don't know. We'll think about it. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. We'll we'll do that whole breakdown and notes and everything next week. <laughs> or, uh, on or, the or, on the podcast. On the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> or the week after, depending on when when I see your show. Um, the. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That, uh, so yeah, I just think that's that's fascinating. But uh, on on through my week, uh, we'll keep it going because I did a lot. Uh, I went immediately after that the next day to DC just for a night. Did a nice corporate gig, you know, decked out with screens and everything like that. Um, 
It was interesting because I was the closing part of the night and they kind of were like, yeah, you can stay for the event or like most people kind of like went and hit the town. So even though this was like a huge ballroom, like it was maybe half to three quarters full rather than completely full. <laughs> oh, right. But uh, still had a lot of fun and uh, had a good uh, show there and uh, got to squeeze in a little quick trip to the monuments to see that at night, which was fun. I posted some photos on my Instagram if you want to check those out. Uh, rushed back for a virtual show. Now, isn't this weird, the time we live in now, that I had to rush back to my apartment for a virtual show? It's so weird. <laughs> Does your computer still talk to your camera, or did you have to like update a bunch of software? Because I went on to do some kind of interview the other day, two days mm -hmm. ago, and like my camera doesn't even talk to my computer anymore. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. No, my camera still works. It's the one we've been using for this, so um, uh, to, to, to see each other as we record virtually. But I think, you know, the whole I, I always thought the whole idea of virtual is that I could eventually like take my computer with me and do it in the hotel room. But I've designed the show so much that it just like works best in my own home studio. Yeah. Now it's a studio. Yeah. Right? So I have to come back to the studio. So like now if I book more virtuals, I have to like think about travel back to my apartment. <laughs> I'm sure there's a way to adapt it and I can do it on the road, but I just want to give people the best experience, you know? I even tried downloading OBS and I still couldn't get it to do oh, anything. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, here we are. But that was so, my goal from last week was to like prep my virtual show and it was requiring a lot of software updates, making sure everything was running That's smoothly. why I asked because yeah. you actually mentioned that last week. Yeah. Yeah. I, it worked out fine and the show was great. So, mm -hmm. But cool. I was like, okay, I have Comic-Con badges and I missed DC, the first day for DC and the second day for virtual. I was like, Maybe I'll just miss Friday night, uh, but I decided to go. I decided to go, and I'm very glad I did. Oh, I, just, uh, yeah. I rushed mm -hmm. over to Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. Was, wasn't even able to explore. I just went to one panel that I had uh, a reservation for. Mm -hmm. Saw the Ghostbusters Afterlife panel with Jason Reitman, the director, and his father, Ivan Reitman, who famously directed the first Ghostbusters, right? Okay. And then it's got the cast, which was mostly just the kids and the family of the new movie. Is the first one the one with the guy from Tommy Boy? Do you mean Dan Aykroyd? Yeah, Dan Aykroyd. I couldn't That's think of his how name. you know Dan Aykroyd? <laughs> I think the first time I had seen him was Tommy Boy. But, I mean, I was very young when I saw that, so it makes sense. That famous SNL alum. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, I, know. Okay. I just couldn't think of the name. Second City, everything. Okay, so, yeah. Yeah, Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray. Um, oh, yeah, Bill Murray. Of yeah. course. And uh, Harold Ramis is Egon. So, it's so good. Um so during the panel, uh, they interview people, and that was fun. It was great. And they usually show clips to get people buzzed about uh, Ghostbusters or whatever whatever property they're showing just to like get the fan reaction out. But Jason Reitman goes, this movie's been delayed. I know the fans have been excited. So to set up this next clip, uh, I think you've waited long enough. Enjoy the movie. Stay to the end of the credits. <laughs> and just... Showed the whole movie. We saw the whole movie, the world premiere, <laughs> prior to... It comes out next month. It's like, wow. it comes out in November. <laughs> so there's a new Ghostbusters? Is that what you're saying? Yes. This is the third... But there was recently a new Ghostbusters with uh, Melissa McCarthy. That was kind of a reboot of the franchise, and there was okay. like fan reaction to that that wasn't So what is this one now? Positive. This is a continuation of the story from Ghostbusters 1 and Ghostbusters 2. Does it have the 2. original characters? Uh, I'm not allowed to say, but in the preview, they do show a quick Dan Aykroyd 
picking up the phone. So I guess if you watch the previews, spoiler alert, if you didn't watch the previews, the trailer, uh, that he's at least in it. And I won't- So it's in the vein of Cobra Kai. Very much so. It's like Got a continuation. It. Yeah. Very cool. Um, I can't say anything more because what I liked about what Jason Reitman said is he said, uh, just all I ask is let people experience the movie for the way you're seeing it right now with fresh eyes. Uh, right. Yeah. Right. Don't go and write about it online and so right. on or and talk about it on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will say I did enjoy the movie. I got a little teary eyed at the end. So that's my only review I will give. Uh, but wow. I was more fascinated about, again, these reactions, right? Because you're at this Comic-Con, huge event, and tons, tons of people, less so than previous years because of COVID, but um, still a ton of people in the giant hall. And then to be on stage, imagine you're Jason Reitman, and you get to do this surprise that you know the entire audience is going to freak the F out over, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And just to be in that moment and having that control and, like, then seeing that reaction of everyone losing their minds and just freaking out because of something that they've been so excited about is finally, like, their wishes and dreams are, are coming true, that they get to see this movie before anyone else. I think there's a lot of parallels in what we do. Well, yeah, that's the closest a movie director gets to sort of experiencing what live entertainment is, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because you can't replace that live audience. Mm -hmm. There's nothing in the world like it. When you're on a movie set or, um, you know, TV show set, assuming there's like a sitcom or something, like a movie in particular, because there's never a studio audience. So we'll go with that. Right. Um, You do the scene and then they go, all right, do it again. And they, mm-hmm. You know, you do the scene, do it again, but you're not getting any real instant feedback the way you do with a live audience. So there's really nothing like it, but this is probably the closest thing to it for them, right? Yeah, and I don't know if it's, there's like, just that element of surprise we can we use so much in what we do. So I think finding ways to like build that anticipation, I think that was amazing because like one, you have the base reality of what people think a Comic-Con panel usually is of like an interview and then showing some clips. So then taking that predetermined reality and then breaking that and that finding that surprise and like giving people what they want or like over delivering in a way. Yeah. Right? There's business parallels here. There's performance parallels here. I just think that that moment was so fascinating to see how crazy everyone went. And I want I to see how we can recreate that every time we perform because people go nuts. People enjoy the show. But to have that level of excitement, and I think it's also, too, building your own fan base because everyone there was a fan of Ghostbusters already. So, you know, right. building that brand or whatever you want to call it where people are there just excited to see Matt Franco or Eric Dittleman and just, like, whatever you do, as soon as you over-deliver and surprise them even further – that's when people go crazy. I think that's the lesson we can learn from this. It's really interesting you say that. I was, uh, there, I don't know if you're aware of it. There's some research and data done. Uh, it was, I, I, it was done in, in conjunction with a university by Josh J. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. And it was sort of like trying to figure out what people are seeking when they see magic. And there were like a variety of different answers, like to be fooled, to figure it out, this and that. But the most, like the highest, thing by a landslide was they wanted to be surprised right right and like that's that's an interesting thing anyway i read a little bit more i've heard about it before and read a little bit more about it because he has a book out called how magicians think Mm -hmm. which is 
a, uh, it's a really light read. It's like, in other words, it's, it's not heavy. It's like, you can, <laughs> in other words, it's not heavy. Yeah. <laughs> the opposite silly way of saying that, but it's early <laughs> in the morning. Um, it's a kind of a quick read. I opened it a couple of times in the past few days and I'm already kind of more than halfway through, but my point is magicians and non-magicians alike can enjoy it. I would equate it to, uh, we're taught music appreciation, but we're not mm-hmm. really taught how to appreciate magic. And I think this helps people do that a little bit. Um, Interesting. But he talks yeah. a lot about that element of surprise. And when he saw that data, it sort of changed the way that he created magic and right. what he aspired to with it. Right. And I, I remember the study because I, I haven't read the book yet, but I've seen kind of the data that he was kind of sharing through a lecture or some PDF. It just touches on that, by the yeah. way. That's not what the book is about, gotcha. but it touches on it just for people listening. Yeah, because I know there was a thing of like, like, what do you like best about a magic performance? And like the lowest was like seeing the same old tricks, like the same yeah, you're things right. that yep. people are used to seeing, linking rings, all the, the stereotypical things when they see a magician. Even so much so that when you pull out a deck of cards, people are just like, oh, I've seen that already, not knowing there's thousands of card tricks <laughs> right right but that the, are that that mm-hmm. span the different types of magic right and he said there's by the way a way to break out of that which i thought was really interesting he goes the moment you add some other element to a card trick they'll remember it more clearly as a different thing like if sure. you bring in bring in a plastic bag or something it's the plastic bag trick rather than the card right tricks, right <laughs> so yeah. fascinating <laughs> yeah but uh i think that's the same thing is like people are just they have their expectations. And then if you're fulfilling just exactly that expectation over and over again, they're going to kind of zone out. They're going to phase out. They're going to, you know, not be as interested. But as soon as you add some element that they're not expecting, again, that's going to raise their interest level. And if you can over deliver and really break that expectation, that's when people I think are going to lose their minds. Mm -hmm. I agree. But yeah, that's the whole surprise factor. Huge. Um, I have one more thing to get to from Comic-Con, but I think we should take a break now before we get to it. And uh, I think it's time for Diddle Me This. Matt picks up oh, the question. That's ben the wrong button. Wow, we're it. doing trivia first. Oh, you got to <laughs> let it roll, man. <laughs> I hit the wrong button. You want to do trivia first? You started the song. All right. Matt picks up the question. <laughs> we're switching it up. It. Eric's at the ready. <laughs> time to use his wit. Pressure. Pressure. Where's your yes hand when you need it? Trivia time. This is how you can tell it's so early in the morning that I hit the wrong button. (laughs) Yeah, it's the right button, man. Everything happens for a reason. I don't know if that's true, but here we are. All right. Oh, now I got to get my question. See, you weren't ready. I was playing. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm ready. I just want to make sure I say it correctly. All right. So I got a little New York history trivia for you. Oh, okay. How do you feel about New York history? Well, not great because I grew up not in New York. (laughs) But you live in New York. I do live in New York. So maybe I've assimilated some knowledge of New York throughout living here. Times Square was originally known as something else before it was named Times Square in 1904. I hope I have choices because I'm not going to know this off the top of my head. You absolutely have choices. However, I always thought it was. It, I know it was named because of the the times, like the the newspaper building that was there. I believe, but I think I wrote a sketch once where I had someone just say it was because the road Broadway crosses it at an angle. 
that they call it um they call it times because it makes the shape of an x like the mathematical equation oh times there you <laughs> yeah, go mm -hmm. yeah that is not correct by the way that was a <laughs> joke <laughs> uh but uh what are my choices so your choices are aggieville Long Acre, mm -hmm. The Ave, mm -hmm. Open Sesame. All right. The only one that sounds vaguely familiar, like Open Sesame doesn't sound like that would be a, <laughs> the name of a street or a square. Is that the one you were going to no, say that no, sounded vaguely familiar? No, though? no, no, no. <laughs> that one definitely not. I'm eliminating that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Av, no, I think it's Longacre. I'm pretty sure it's Longacre. Any that, idea of why that came to you, or I just there's the one that sounded familiar. What was the first one? Aggie, Aggieville, Aggieville. No, that doesn't ring a bell at all. Okay, Longacre uh, is what I think. Am I right, Matt? <laughs> Originally known as Longacre Square after London's Carriage District, Times Square served as the early site for William Vanderbilt's American Horse Exchange. Oh, there we go. Boom. Now you can't really even drive a car at all through Times Square. They just like made that all pedestrian. But in the crazy. late 1800s, it just consisted of large open space surrounded by drab apartments. Ah, but now it's surrounded by... Not drab, bright billboards. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now I'm going to hit the right button because it's time for Diddle Me This. Diddle me this, diddle me that. Will Eric end up stumping Matt? Riddles. This was a user-submitted riddle, actually. from Listener-submitted. Yes, yes, that's what I meant. What I say, <laughs> users, okay, yeah, listener-submitted <laughs> uh, from Zeth who says, uh, this was kind of popular going around Facebook, so I th hope you did not see this. This was a while ago. Uh, but here's the riddle. Ready? <clears throat> Ready. There are 30 cows in a field and 28 chickens. How many didn't? I have not heard this. <laughs> okay, good. And immediately just want to start screaming, how many didn't what? Yes, exactly. That's part of the riddle. Do you want to hear it again? Sure, I think I could repeat it. There are 30 cows in a field and X amount of chickens. How many? There are 30 cows in a field and 28 chickens. Mm -hmm. How many didn't? There are 30 cows in a field and 28 chickens. How many didn't? Correct. Didn't what, though? Yeah. You didn't finish? No, <laughs> you no that is the whole riddle. <laughs> no, no, you got to say the rest of it if you want me to figure it out. <laughs> That's the riddle. How many didn't what? How many did not? Didn't? Would it change the riddle if it was did not? No. Okay. <laughs> so it's not a contraction thing. No. 30 cows in a field and 28 chickens. How many didn't? You nailed the riddle. Okay, got so, it. So far, didn't. so good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, no. Because I think I just proved that wrong with my previous question. It, I was like, how many didn't? Meaning, like, didn't could be a thing. Like, how many? Right. Like, a flock. Like, maybe didn't is, like, a word for a group of something. <laughs> but I still wouldn't know how many there were unless a didn't always had a certain amount of, hmm. How many didn't what? How many didn't? That's it. All of them. 
Say the riddle slowly. There are 30 cows in a field and 28 chickens. How many didn't? Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, this one is oh. w- way better on a podcast than written out. <laughs> so, yeah, I was just thinking that. So, I think this might have to do with the phrasing. The sentence might not start and end when you think it does. Perhaps, maybe. Okay. So there are 30 cows in a field and 28 chickens. How many didn't is not a sentence. (laughs) Chickens, how? I don't know how to regroup that sentence. Say each word one at a time. There are 30 cows. In a field, in a field, and 20, oh my gosh. (laughs) Did you just get it? I got it. It's not 28, it's 20, followed by (laughs) A-T-E, and 28 chickens, Uh, so 10 did not. <laughs> That's a great one for a podcast. Yeah, because written out, it's. I was trying to make you know, as I read it, make it less obvious of like twenty eight chickens, right? Twenty eight chickens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> thank it, you for the hints, though. It's all about that, and I was like, I wonder if the vegan's gonna get this. <laughs> Flexitarian. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. So I'm looking forward to our pizza. <laughs> yeah. Good. 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 Yeah. When we when we hang out in Vegas next week. Uh. But yeah. Well done. Thanks, Seth, for submitting that. Uh, if you have trivia or riddles that you want to send in to us, because uh, I'm starting to get to the bottom of my barrel again. I'm, I got to do some more research. So any uh, listener submitted riddles will help me out. I feel like trivia, you're going to be fine for years and years. There's tons of trivia. It's harder to find riddles. Uh, but please shoot us an email at uh, mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com or hit, a, hit me up on the social media. If you got a riddle for me, you could probably dm matt too or hit up on yeah, why not all of our um social medias at mind magic pod uh but matt i want to get back to uh <laughs> Com- comic con because i figure we could do this on air live uh but uh the last day of comic con I-, I mean i love comic con just seeing walking the floor and seeing all the uh crazy costumes i think it's just amazing the cosplay of did it you all. wear a costume I didn't know because people put a lot of effort in these. So I tried to like at least wear something nerdy. So I like wore some Star Wars like apparel for the best. That's yeah. about it. But um, the I was pretty good. The first day I bought like a couple like board games and like puzzly things for myself that I found. But um, the second day I didn't buy anything on the trade show floor. And I was like, I want to like at least bring something home. So there's a company that had mystery boxes, kind of like the loot crate boxes I used to do, uh, but these were more themed. And I decided right as the con was closing to pick up, and I think you saw the photo. I did. Of, <laughs> But the, I don't really know exactly what that is. It's a Cobra Kai box of mystery items. Oh, my gosh. To Cobra Kai. <laughs> 
I thought it was like a lunchbox when I first saw it, I, like on online. I was like, "What is that?" So I figured we could open it up and see what. Oh, you inside. haven't even opened it. <laughs> all right, let's do the unboxing all here. Right. We'll paint the picture for you. So, all right. so new season coming out in a couple of months. I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, big into the Karate Kids. So here yeah. we go. So here we go. All right, I'm gonna open this up, and uh, ooh, there's a lot in here. I can already tell I'm gonna like it. So we're gonna start. Ooh. Where do we want to start here? All right. Check this out, Matt. What is this? That's Describe very it. cool. We have a water bottle. Yeah, it's, it's a black Cobra water Kai. bottle with the Cobra Kai emblem on the uh, side of it. Yellow top. Black little, and yellow. It's uh, With a little spout. Oh, it seems like a nice little quality spout at the top there. That's great. What yeah. What is the... Is that plastic or is it like a metal? What is it? Uh, it seems plastic, yeah. Okay, we're hoping it's BPA free, but other than that, we're good. I'm sure it is. It's got a straw. It's got <laughs> instructions on it. I'm uh, just kidding. I don't. I don't even know exactly what BPA is, but I think it's supposed to be bad. Ooh. There you go. This looks like a towel. Oh, I thought that was a shirt. We have a some sort of fabric in a plastic bag here. I think it's a like a sweat towel because you're gonna be oh. working out, and it's got the Cobra Kai with no mercy. Very on cool. On the bottom, black towel. Very cool. Oh, uh-oh. I can't believe you got this. Did you get this just so you could open it on the podcast? Living life for the cast. <laughs> <laughs> this needs to be a video podcast now. We got the Cobra Kai wristbands. I got to put them on. My question is, is there anything in this mystery box that's going to be Miyagi-Do? So far, it's very much Cobra Kai, but I, that is the name of the show. I don't think so. I think I would have to get a Miyagi-Do box. Did they offer that? No. Okay. <laughs> But, uh, oh, yeah, these are quality wristbands here. Yeah. Putting them on. Look wow. at that. Look you at should that. wear that out in Vegas when you come to the show. <laughs> oh, check this out. This is this is a cool little patch. Cover Very cool, patch. yeah. We'll it's a, that. That's what's on the uh, the mat. It's the emblem that's on the All Valley Tournament uh, mat. Like the. I, I got to put on the other wristband. I feel naked without it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, do you think the it should go this way or this or upside down? I think I have one. One of each. Down. You have two. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this one. I, I This is uh, perfect. The headband. Oh, wow. Cobra Kai headband. <laughs> You're going to put that on as well? This needs to become a video podcast. I'll take a this. photo to put on. Yeah, you got to get the photo. Yeah, for our listeners later. Uh, but I think I have my Halloween costume now. I, I would say so. He's I, putting on the headband, which on, he looks very comfortable off. doing. Yeah, pop those off so you can do it. He's very comfortable doing this because he blindfolds himself with duct tape. So this is like <laughs> a cakewalk. I got to center it. There we go. Woo. Yeah. That looks nice. And then there's a big box. I don't know what's in this big box inside the box. So You look like you could be a character on the show right now. <laughs> oh, I ruined the box a little bit. but That's all right. I'll put this down. There's like a white box inside. Maybe this is the Miyagi Do box. Do you have a prediction? Oh, oh. <laughs> not a prediction because I opened it right now. Okay. It's a um, it's a gym bag. Wow. It's a full gym bag. With it's the very Cobra exercise Kai. oriented. This whole thing. So I think I have a new workout attire. I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> you get like, the sweatbands, the wristbands, the gym bag, the towel. <laughs> I mean. You're ready to go. You're ready to kick some butt. That is amazing. So, uh, yeah, look at this. I'll, uh, Cobra Kai for the win. 
Let's see. You if are I... officially a bigger Cobra Kai fan than I am. Re- now, now that may be true. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. I mean, you you bought literally a kit. Yeah, I, it's true. It's true. You're in. Boom. Oh, let me <laughs> let me flip this because that seems wrong. But I'll take a photo for the uh, the 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 listeners and I'll put it on our social media at Mind Over Magic Pod, just like so. What? <laughs> <laughs> Do you uh, are you excited for season four? Yeah, of course I'm excited, man. Uh, any anything to say about it? You know, Terry Silver's coming back. You got any I'm predictions? Just, anything you're thinking? Just glad I got to watch, uh, rewatch everything. <laughs> well, I was wondering if you, you know, you went to Comic Con, you got to watch the whole Ghostbusters movie. Did you get any inside knowledge on the Cobra Kai? No, there was no Cobra Kai panel, unfortunately. <laughs> okay, all right, just checking. There was a lot of Lokis and a lot of Luigi's wa- walking around, uh, and those so, are Mario Kart. Uh, Luigi is Loki is Marvel. I, oh, I, I feel like Loki might... Okay, maybe I'm thinking of the ghost. Is it a ghost? No, Loki Latic, is... Lakitu or something? Yeah, that's different. Maybe that's... I, I would have loved to go on to Comic-Con with you, Matt, just to see you at, like completely baffled by all the cosplays or just all the properties, not knowing, like, who's that supposed to be? Just, like, throughout... Yeah, I don't... Yeah, I would just be, like, <laughs> in another planet. And then, yeah, I would just be like, what is that supposed to be? What is that? Who's this? <laughs> I, I oh, should. I've heard of this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, so good. It was so fun, man. I, next time, I gotta, I gotta go for longer. But uh, it's, it's a lot. It's very, very, very fun. Um, yeah, it seems like a fun thing. I've never been to something like that. Just uh, there's, there's something to fandom. There's something to that excitement that's just so fascinating, and also just finding your people. I it, the 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 fascinating thing is there's like little meetups throughout you can meet up with like star wars fans or like you know star trek fans or marvel fans and i i find i don't know i i sympathize a lot because it's the same thing as going to a magic convention right right that same common ground Mm -hmm. shared experience of nerding out over things you love loving the same thing and yeah Mm -hmm. like these little details that you really feel like you're the only one appreciating them while you're and then you find a bunch of other people that also know about that little detail yeah do you remember your first ever magic convention yeah hank lee's magic factory cape cod conclave conquest convention what was that experience like you've been into magic uh and then you're finding like-minded people like what was can you remember or can you explain yeah um gosh i must have been 10 or 11 years old and I saw Juliana Chen was she at the first one no she wasn't at the very first one sorry um who was there I'm trying to remember the magicians that were there because I have photos with many of them um but I guess that's not the important part to the question (laughs) right (laughs) uh yeah for me at that age I I mostly you know I went my mom and grandma brought me Mm-hmm. And I mostly just kind of went to the shows, went to the lectures and like socialized a little bit. Um, so my first one was a little bit more of like just getting dropped in the ocean and not really knowing anybody or knowing my way around. Um, but I guess, you know, the following year you get more comfortable, you go with a friend, you right. meet more people. Mm-hmm. I had probably gone, started going to the local. No, I hadn't gone to the magic club in between. It took me a couple of years to even know that there was a magic club because the internet wasn't like what right. it is today. Um, 
So yeah, it wasn't until a couple years probably that I'd really kind of gotten my feet wet and started like meeting and hanging out with other magicians. Um, the biggest thing was meeting a friend when I was in like eighth grade who was uh, in high school at the time. And like, we had a lot of similar magic interests. And that was like the first time I had really like felt that experience that you're talking about. It wasn't yeah. necessarily at the conventions because the conventions for me when I was very, very young, there weren't that many kids that, that age there. Mm -hmm. right, and right, most right. of them weren't being allowed to just gallivant off on their own, much like myself. Sure. <laughs> so, so for me, it was like seeing the shows and seeing the lectures and like going into the dealer's room, like a kid in the candy store, not being able to buy anything, you know, that right, costed right, right. too much. Right. Yeah. Um, but as I started getting older in my teen years, that's when I started to really experience that, that community. And even just online, even just like through AIM mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and chat rooms and so on. And like being able to communicate with other magicians. But AIM yeah. was the AOL instant messenger for those of you. <laughs> that was you like yeah. It took me a while to like really get to the true answer of that question because right. uh, you really brought me down memory lane with it. I was like, oh, good. Well, how did, like, I know the yeah. exact feeling you're talking about, but to try to transport myself back to the first time feeling it is hard. It's also hard to watch you like have a serious philosophical like conversation wearing the headband. <laughs> it's staying on for the rest of the episode. <laughs> I'm not taking it off. It's comfortable. Fair enough. And then now it's under my headphones, so it's definitely yeah. staying on. <laughs> uh, the, the, I was much later in life like to go to my first even convention or meetup, but I was studying you know, magic just as a hobby ever since I was like, five years uh fifth grade not five years old fifth grade much later than you started jeez matt mm -hmm. uh and then um in college is when i switched over to the mentalism stuff and it was just again finding my own stuff reading i didn't even know about um magic clubs until i got to college i didn't know they right. were a thing uh but then i think the first convention i ever went to was the Monty convention up in batavia new york which was like the day one day convention following four f's the four F's like invite yeah. only. So a lot of those people stuck around for that, you know, more open to the public, <laughs> you know, public. Yeah. There's, you got the private access, like where all the cool kids were hanging out with all like the finger flickers is what they call it. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's all the card guys and so forth. And then they'd stick around and it was more general public uh, or general magicians who were allowed to go, but it was a one day thing. And even that blew my mind that there was like a dealer's room and even dealer's lectures where they would show off all their wares and then these shows. And again, it's mostly about the people you meet and the hangouts that happen as well as the lectures. Um, but that I think is what also motivated me because I was studying a lot of, uh, you know, Banachek's work at the time and Bob Cassidy and whatnot. And I saw, uh, and Luke Germain, a, a lot of these great mentalists uh, that, published stuff that I got my hands on, was able to, you know, read their books, buy their books, see, see their thinking. But I was like, I need to network and meet these people if that's what you can do at a magic convention. So I remember going out to Vegas with my dad for the first time ever and going to a Luke Germay workshop just to meet Banachek and just to meet, you know, I think Michael Weber was there, all these people. And that was really the first, like, I'm getting ingrained and like, this is like, the high end where the re real secrets are sort of mm -hmm. of networking meeting people so just having that like-mindedness and meeting people who are just as passionate about mentalism mind reading stuff like that and learning from the masters was a life-changing experience and i'll always remember that uh as the, like the the real first experience i felt yeah that's uh it's a it's a great first experience 
Yeah, going to Vegas. <laughs> yeah, why not? I mean, Doing what better it in way? Vegas, yeah, it's crazy. So, uh, yeah, I think I mentioned all my mentors in this episode, so we ticked all the boxes. <laughs> <laughs> and it all comes full circle. Maybe you'll see Banachek when you come. Yeah, this exactly, time. exactly. So uh, I'm excited for this trip coming up, Matt. But uh, uh, before we get into uh, that and uh, in recording next episode, we got to wrap up with some goals. How were your goals last week, man? Well, what I'm really looking to do is get a trivia book. Still. That's the big thing. Yeah, that was my goal, I think. It and, was uh, your goal. And I haven't achieved it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I told you this before we started recording. My October is basically shot. Right. You're busy. I, Yeah, it's a, it's a very uh, busy next couple of weeks. We're about halfway through the month, and it's a, a busy couple of weeks with uh, travel and other shows outside of link and virtual things <laughs> I have to do and virtual press and so on. Um, so it's just been a little bit, uh, crazy and I haven't gotten to the trivia book yet, but I'm, I'm, I am going to do that. I was, uh, laughing because I just was like, I chose the perfect week to come to visit you <laughs> just during all your busyness coming Well, up. no, that's part of it too. Like, um, <laughs> that, that I, I include that, you know, mm-hmm. I have, um, I had family here last week. Tiana's right. parents were here. That now they're in California, but they're coming back today for two more days. So that's part of that, right? And then you know, when you're here, I want to be able to do some things and spend time and, and enjoy that without being pulled in a million directions. So Absolutely. you know, I'm just trying to keep things uh, organized. But that's part of it. You know, that's part of uh, what's keeping me busy is the fact that you are coming in. I'm looking forward to that. That is fun. And uh, last week, I wanted to prep for my virtual shows, which we already discussed. I did that. I had a great virtual show. Uh, Crack a book on mentalism. Didn't really get to that. I'm still reading a book, so I'll have a little bit more downtime coming up this week. And then um, I want to reach out to Alex, who made our our lovely fan-generated website. Uh, And um, I'm going to try and forward our domain to that and then touch base with him about some tweaks that we'll eventually make. Uh, so that, yeah, those are my upcoming. But I, I, yeah. And we're, I'm excited for people to see the initial version too, though, if we right. can at some point. Absolutely. So yeah, I'll probably try and get that up first. And then before I contact Alex, we'll, uh, we'll um, have his up and running. But I just hope- think it's so cool, Alex, that you did that. If you're listening, thank you so much. I, I just think it's so awesome. So that's my, that's my one goal is to uh, touch base on the, the website i'll probably read some books too but uh and then just uh get excited for vegas <laughs> yeah man it's a one week away start counting down the days absolutely uh you want to do some plugs mm, sure yeah i'm at the link in las vegas matt franco theater get your tickets ticketmaster.com oh we just went on sale for 2022 so we have our dates january through the beginning of July of 2022. So if you're planning a trip or want to plan a trip uh, in 2022, as things start to uh, come back in terms of live entertainment, now is the time and come see us. We have three new things in the show since we've reopened, which is great. And you can book me on Cameo if you want a special personalized shout out. Amazing. I'm also on Cameo. Uh, Yeah. You can, book me for that but the thing i really wanted to plug is i don't do many public shows i'm usually around doing a lot of private corporate colleges and so forth but i'm gonna be at keller's magic theater in erie pennsylvania in november 11 wow um uh the 19th to 21st i have uh yeah 11 19 to 11 21 uh so you can check me out if you're in the erie pennsylvania area 
uh, and I'll post a link to that in the show notes, and um, or you could just search Keller's Magic Theater and find me on the site. What's what's the date? The nineteenth through twenty first of November. Yeah, call so Gannon. The, yeah, it's the it's the week before um, Thanksgiving. So if you're in the area, if you're from Pennsylvania. Erie, Pennsylvania area. You've yeah. worked Erie before. I think I used to book you at Gannon University, yeah? Yeah, and I just did Gannon recently, too. Oh, you just right? did. I yeah. said call them. You as, should do it while well. you're there, but you yeah. just did it. I did, and that's where I got to see that lovely theater as well. Got a walkthrough from Bobby, who runs it there. Uh, and oh, that's funny. When I performed there, they, I think I performed at like a bar. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm saying I got a walkthrough of Keller's while I was oh, there. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. The, We're the, back the, on the Keller. The magic got theater. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then, of course, if you want to book me for your private events or corporate shows or colleges, visit me at ericdittleman.com. So I think that that'll do it for this week, Matt. This was a lot of fun. Again, feel free to write us at uh, mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com or visit us on the socials at mindmagicpod. Uh, and tell a friend if you're enjoying the show. Um, you know, if you want to say like, "Hey, look at these guys," uh, one of them's wearing Cobra Kai gear. Uh, <laughs> you can point them to our socials as well. Uh, but uh, thank you so much. It was great chatting with you. I'll see you in person next time. Yeah, live episode coming at you next week. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you later. Bye bye.